Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to learn from your holy scriptures. I pray now that as we open them up and consider them, that you would be our guide and our teacher, that your Holy Spirit would impart the message through me and to us that you would have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So have you ever had a deja vu moment, a feeling or a sensation that something is familiar, but you just can't quite place it? Maybe it's a feeling that you've been somewhere before, or that person that you're talking to right now, you know that you've met them before, but you just can't quite place it. Have you ever had one of those moments where something seems so familiar, but yet it's somehow so different? Or maybe, have you ever gotten a second chance at something? Maybe it was something that you never thought you would get a second chance to do. Maybe the first time things didn't work out quite so well and you've always wanted to try again and do it better. Or maybe it was something that the first time was just so amazing, you've always dreamt about being able to experience it one more time. And then one day there you are. You're standing at the precipice of an opportunity. Standing someplace that maybe you've been before or someplace that seems familiar, but somehow it's just a little bit different. There you are. You're standing at a crossroad. You're ready to move forward, but there's something that's holding you back. Maybe it's an opportunity that you've worked hard for, or maybe it's an opportunity that you just never saw coming. Maybe it's something that you've been waiting a long time for, and you can't believe that the opportunity is finally here. Or maybe it's something that you really don't want to do, but you know you just have to do it. Sooner or later, we all find ourselves standing at the crossroads. And whatever it is, the journey is that has brought us to this place, here we are. You want to move forward, but there's something that's holding you back. Maybe it's a bad memory or a lack of confidence or a past hurt or a lack of certainty about what the outcome will be. You're standing at the crossroads, but fear is keeping you from taking the first step. Maybe it's a fear of failure or a fear of success. Maybe it's a fear about what other people are going to think or a fear that it won't live up to your expectations or a fear that maybe it won't be as good as it was the last time, or a fear that you're going to be disappointed, a fear that you might get hurt, or a fear that you might run out of money, a fear that you're just not good enough, or a fear that others just won't understand, or maybe others won't follow you where you want to go. A few years ago, I competed in the Cape May Triathlon, and this race has a rather unique start because it starts from a ferry boat. They load all 1,500 athletes onto a ferry boat, drive it out into the Delaware Bay, and then the race starts as the athletes jump one after another off the boat and into the bay. And there's two different race distances, so first the boat stops for the shorter race. And as I stood there that day watching athlete after athlete jump off into the water, the last athlete for the first race finally walked up to the edge. And they froze. 
all the preparation, all the hard work, the goal that was in front of them, and they just stood there, and they froze. All the people cheering for them to jump in, and they froze. Because fear got the better of them, and they couldn't take that first step. And as we saw last week, when we find ourselves approaching the crossroads, in order to make good decisions, we must stop. We must look. We must consider the path that we have traveled to get here. Consider the destination we want to get to. Consider the path that we'll travel to get to our destination. Look for the good way. And then once we've done that, we need to be courageous. And we need to start walking. We'll need to be courageous because the paths of God are always good, but they're not always popular. We'll need to be courageous because the paths of God are always beneficial, but they're not always easy. We'll need to be courageous because the destination is worth it, but the journey can be tenuous. So when we find ourselves standing at the crossroads, we must be courageous. But what does it take to be courageous? And where do we find the source of our courage? Where do we find the courage to take the first step and to keep walking down the path? In the Bible, we find the story of a man named Joshua. And Joshua was the second leader of the nation of Israel. And when Joshua took over the leadership of the nation, he found himself standing at a crossroad. We find the story of Joshua's leadership in a book by the same name. It's a story about the fulfillment of an ancient promise. The fulfillment of an ancient promise that God had made to a man named Abram. God told Abram that if he would leave his home, if he would leave his family, if he would leave his culture and leave his country, that God would make Abram into a great nation. God promised to make Abram into a great nation and to give that nation a great land. God promised to make Abram into a great nation that would become a blessing to all other nations. And 470 years have now passed from the time that God made the promise to Abram to the point in time when Joshua takes over the leadership of the nation. 470 long and mostly painful years. 470 years during which God birthed, grew, and crafted a nation. A nation that now found itself standing at a crossroads, ready to walk forward and to fulfill its purpose. Ready to walk forward and finally fulfill that ancient promise. But if they were going to walk forward, if they were going to fulfill the ancient promise, then both Joshua and the nation were going to need to be courageous. So let's read from the first chapter of the book of Joshua. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them. 
As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. When we find ourselves at the crossroads, God says we must be strong and courageous. But what does it mean to be courageous? Well, courage is the quality of mind, the ability, and the moral strength that enables a person to face difficulty, danger, and pain. It's the spirit to persevere and to withstand no matter what the obstacle. As Nelson Mandela said, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. And what we see, that implicit in courage, is fear. If the outcome is certain, if the path is easy, if success is guaranteed, then there really is no need to be courageous. And if there is no courage required, then we're really not standing at a crossroads, are we? So Joshua and the nation are standing at a crossroads, but it's not the first time that Joshua has been at this crossroads. For Joshua, it's that deja vu moment, because Joshua has been down this road before. And the last time that Joshua was at this crossroads, well, the last time Joshua was, with, was at this crossroads, things didn't turn out so well. Because the last time Joshua stood here, the Israelites froze. And they gave in to their fear. To truly understand the magnitude of the challenge that now lay before Joshua and the nation, we need to rewind the clock about 40 years to the last time that Joshua stood at this crossroads. And we find that story in Numbers chapters 13 and 14. And it's about 14 months after their miraculous exodus from Egypt. And during that 14 months, God has formed the Israelites into a new nation. He's given them a new social, legal, and religious system. He's fed them miraculously day after day as they traveled through the wilderness. And now it's time for them to seize the long-awaited promised land. Twelve spies are sent out to survey the land, and the new nation waits with great anticipation for their return and to hear their report. Let's read just a little bit of their report. The spies came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here's the fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, 
than Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt, or in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us up to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will devour them. Okay. So let's stop and consider this for just a minute. The road in front of Israel leads to some place that all 12 of the spies agreed was good. But there are giants in the land, they cried. So let's go back to Egypt. Let's go back to our lives as slaves. Let's go back to a country where they were systematically committing a genocide by killing all of the firstborn males. The land is good, but wouldn't it be better if we went back to Egypt? Wouldn't it be better if we had died in Egypt or if we just died in this wilderness? And this, is how powerful our fears can be. Because the Israelites looked at themselves and they didn't see a new nation. They looked at themselves and saw nothing but a bunch of slaves. They had not embraced their new identity in God. And they were seeing their future possibility based on their past enslavement. Instead of seeing their future possibilities based on God's past success, they were defining their future possibilities based on their own personal limitations. Instead of defining their future possibilities based on God's limitless power, Joshua and Caleb pleaded with them, do not be afraid, do not rebel against God. Yes, there are giants in the land, but we have a giant God. The future with God is good. The future with God is exceedingly good. But we have to be courageous. And the Israelites, they stood at the crossroads and they gave in to their feet. How often do we stand in the crossroads and give in to our fears? Our fears of failure or our fears of success. Our fears of rejection, our fears of running out of money our fears of being disappointed, our fears of not being good enough, our fears that no one will follow us, our fears that are born out of past hurts and hardships. How often do our fears stop us from taking the next step forward? How often 
as our old identity and our old ways of thinking about ourselves stop us from seeing what God says is possible. And what we have to see is that when we give in to our fears, we can miss our windows of opportunity. God wanted to lead the Israelites into the promised land, but they gave in to their fears. And ultimately, God said, fine, I'll give you what you asked for. And we should be very careful about what we ask for. We live in the midst of a culture that preaches self-reliance and self-satisfaction and self-fulfillment. We live in the midst of a culture that has effectively said to God, it wants to do it without him. And it's pretty sure it can do it without him. And we should be very careful about what we ask for. Because God might just give us what we ask for. And our choices have consequences. God will forgive us for anything. God forgave the Israelites for their rebellion. But just because God will forgive us does not mean he will remove the consequences from us. Our choices have consequences. And the consequences of our choices endure. And the consequences of our choices can very often preclude us from receiving the blessing that God had intended for us. The Israelites' consequence for their rebellion was that one more generation would die without seeing the promised land. One more generation except for two. Joshua and Caleb. Because Joshua and Caleb had stayed focused on the future. Joshua and Caleb were focused on who God was, what God had done, and what God would do in the future. But even Joshua and Caleb would have to endure the 40 years in the wilderness. 40 years of preparation for the path that now lay before them once again. And as I look back over my life, and as I have opportunity to sit and talk with many of you, I know there are things in all of our past that we regret. There are decisions we regret, we regret, opportunities that we have lost, and consequences that we've borne because we've either given into our fears or chosen to do things our own way. And we carry the scars and the baggage from those choices with us. God is gracious. He will forgive us. That's why Christ came and sacrificed himself so that we could be forgiven. But even if we are forgiven, sometimes the consequences are still hard. And sometimes the wounds still hurt. When we stand at the crossroads, we need to stay focused on the future. Because when we stay focused on the future and stay focused on God, we will make much better decisions about today. When we make our decisions based on the future and based on God's plan, we're much less likely to have to carry the weight of the painful consequences with us into that future. So here we are, back at Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. 
Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them. Can only imagine what must have been going through Joshua's mind. Deja vu. Here we are again. Will it really be different this time? After all, not much had actually changed. The crossing would still be extremely difficult. There were still giants in the land. The Israelites were still a bunch of fearful grumblers. Would they listen this time? Or would they rebel once again? And Joshua stands at that crossroad, preparing to enter the promised land after 40 years wandering in the wilderness. And the fears start to creep in to his mind. And Joshua needs some encouragement. And just as the fears start to creep in, God speaks. And he says, be strong and courageous, Joshua, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. When we're standing at the crossroads, where do we find the courage to overcome our fears? God says, be strong and courageous because of my promise. God says, be strong and courageous because of my power. And God says, be strong and courageous because of my presence. Joshua conquered his fears and found his courage in God's promise and in God's power and in God's presence. And that is where we can find our courage too. And this is not to minimize the task that Joshua faced. There were still giants. The Israelites were still complaining. There would still be opposition. Joshua would still feel weak and inadequate and frightened. But Joshua needed to be courageous. And we need to be courageous too. What we need to see is the emphasis is not on Joshua and what Joshua could or would do. But the entire emphasis is on God. The emphasis is was on what God had done and what God would do. God said, be courageous because I'm giving you my promise. I'm giving you my power and I'm giving you my presence. But here is what you need to do, Joshua. And here is what we need to do. Be strong because there will be battles to fight. Be courageous because it's not going to be easy. And be careful to obey. Stay focused, Joshua. Stay focused on God's law and stay focused on his commandment. Stay focused on his plan. Do not turn to the right or to the left, Joshua, but stay focused on the path that is in front of you. Because if you turn to the right or to the left, 
you're going to go off course, Joshua. For years, I rode a motorcycle. And a long time ago, when I first started riding, I took a motorcycle safety class. And I don't remember the exact statistics now, but the vast majority of motorcycle accidents occur in one single situation. Sharp left-hand curves. And so in the safety class, they taught us to use the principle of ocular driving. And the principle behind ocular driving is that our bodies are intrinsically wired to follow our eyes. So they teach you to always look down the road 150 or 200 or 250 feet in front of you. Because when you're looking down the road into the future, it doesn't matter how sharp the curve is your body will automatically apply just the right amount of lean so you can traverse the curve safely. But if you bring your eyes from the future into the present, you're going to go off the road. When we keep our focus on the future, we will make much better decisions about today. But when we focus too much on today, it's much harder to be courageous. And it's much easier to give in to our fears. So when we find ourselves at the crossroads, we must stay focused. We must stay focused on God's promises, on God's power, and on God's presence. Because when we focus on the right thing, then we can be courageous. When we focus on the right things, then we can walk forward in confidence. God promised the Israelites the land. It was his gift to them, but they had to take it. God had given them title, but now they had to take possession. They needed to go in and kick out all of the squatters who were there. There were giants in the land, and there would be battles. But if they stayed focused on the right thing, they could accomplish God's promise, purposes, and fulfill God's promise. God's promise and God's purpose had not changed over the 470 years since he first called Abram out of Haran. He called Abram out of his culture so that he could make him into a blessing to his own culture and to all other cultures. God's purpose had not changed, and God's purpose purpose has not changed. Because God's purposes supersede people, and God's work is continuous. Abram was long dead, and now Moses was dead too. But God's purpose was still alive. God's purpose was still alive for Israel, and God's purpose is still alive for Bethlehem. God's purpose for Bethlehem has been alive, and it has not changed for 121 years. Despite language changes, location changes, leadership changes, and all hosts of other changes, God's purpose for Bethlehem is still alive because God's purpose for Bethlehem supersedes people, and God's work is continuous. Our purpose is the same as it's always been, to be a blessing to our community. And we become a blessing when we shine the light of Christ into a culture that is growing increasingly 
dark. And to do that, we must engage our culture, but we must remain countercultural. When Jesus arrived in the first century, he was radical and controversial. He challenged the social systems and he challenged the religious system. And if we are going to be a blessing to our culture, we need to be radical and controversial too. We need to challenge the social systems and we need to challenge the religious system. And if we're going to do that, then we must be courageous. We need to be courageous because the paths of God are always good, but they're not always popular. We need to be courageous because the paths of God are always beneficial, but they're not always easy. We need to be courageous because the destination is worth it, but the journey can be tenuous. And so as we find ourselves standing at the crossroads, standing at personal crossroads and standing together at a collective crossroads, God is calling us to be courageous. The future is before us and we have a choice to make. Will we give in to our fears and die in the wilderness? Or will we, or will we be courageous and walk forward? Whatever fears you've walked in with today, whether it's a fear of failure or a fear of success, whether it's a fear of change or a fear of staying the same, whether it's a fear about what other people will think or a fear that you just won't be good enough, whether it's a fear of loss or a fear of pain, a fear that others won't understand or that others won't follow, lift up your eyes and focus on God. Focus on his promise. Focus on his power. Focus on his presence. And then be courageous and walk. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us your promises, your power, and your presence. That this is not a path you have called us to walk alone. I thank you that you have designed us to walk with you and to walk along with others. And I pray that we would take courage and that we would walk. In Jesus' name, amen.